This is the Smooth Operator Podcast. I'm Adam Liette, Director of Operations for a seven-figure online business and eight-year veteran of Army Special Operations. On this show, we get into the tactical nitty-gritty of what it really takes to run a thriving online business because at the end of the day, operators lead the way. Welcome, Smooth Operators. This is the Friday episode. You know what that means. We got another amazing interview. This is one is is very different from what we've had in the past, but it's it's something that I'm particularly passionate about because I know what this type of work has done for me on a personal level and a professional level. You know, I was in the military for a long time. I left the military with a ton of baggage and then I jumped into a high, you know, high stressful job that only increased the baggage. I mean, it just it, there was a lot of weight on me and a lot of the work we're going to talk about in this episode has just helped me release past demons, move forward with a greater sense of just fullness of heart and all anxiety is gone. And I'm able to just focus on the things that matter and be the best person I can be. So that's why I can't wait to bring this to you all. If you think that this doesn't apply to you because you know you think this is all about business, no, yeah, self-care is about business. When we work on our self-care, we are improving ourselves so we can be the best person for the people on our team, for the people that we're serving, for everyone around us. And my gosh, it makes such a big difference. So I've already talked way too much, and I'm not the expert to talk about this stuff anyway, which is why I'm bringing on Chris Davies. Chris is a Royal Marines veteran, and he's the founder of the Om Breathwork community. And I just can't wait to hear his story and everything that he's doing in this world. Chris, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to Smooth Operator. Adam, thanks for having me. So I'm really excited to talk about this. Uh, we had a, a minor chat before, of course, so I, I can't wait to get deeper into that my story, how I got to where I am, and to be able to share breath with everyone else. Uh, everybody breathes all day, of course. So as you said, if you don't think it's for you, as long as you're breathing, it's definitely for you. Absolutely, 100%. So I get a lot of questions on my end of, wait, you went from Army Special Ops to what you're doing now. You got to get the same kind of question. So I, I'm, I can't wait to hear this story. How did you go from being a Royal Marine to being an expert in breath work. Wow. So um, this is a long-ish story. So so bear with me. I'll, I'll condense it as much as I can and keep all the, the pertinent points in. So I joined uh, I joined the Royal Marines when I was 27. I joined after my father died. Um, but going back very slightly before that, I was into, I ran bars and nightclubs and I was into sales. So I was the youngest um, youngest nightclub manager for the company I worked for in the country. And then I became the top uh, three salesperson in the country straight afterwards. And I put that down to um, NLP. So uh, if people have heard of it, I read a book called The Game by Neil Strauss, which people seem to think is basically about picking up women, which is why I read it because it interested me. But I've read the book six times and it's all about personal improvement. So I got into NLP, into hypnosis, read lots of books, became very, very good at uh, sales at the time. Prided myself on never lying, never manipulating people. It was all positive influence. And then shortly afterwards, uh, my father died in 2008 and I joined the Marines. So that's, of course, a massive culture shock, having all of the um, the ego, all of the big personality, all of the sales and the, um, the nightclub side of me almost beaten out of me to be a, this robotic type of uh, hardcore soldier, which I really enjoyed. But of course, for 10 years, that's a very different type of existence than it would have been before. And during those 10 years, of course, I went through lots of different things. As you know, lots of stresses, you see things, you hear things, you're around things, you lose people. And one of the things that really made me move towards this was um, my my family uh, seemed to be a bunch of psychics, all of them, right? So they all seem to be able to see um, see dead people, see ghosts. They have this a lot, right? And I, this was never really my thing. I, I was always very uh, pragmatic. When I joined the Marines, the first thing I did when I went to Afghanistan was I became point man. 
And as a point man, I had a Valen, which was looking for IEDs and mines. I was the, the guy at the front, first man in every room, first man out of every room, first man in the line of fire, etc. And little did I know, um, after I left the Marines, I found out that um, the American government at some point were doing tests on people who had been point man in Vietnam because the heightened awareness needed changed their consciousness to a certain level in which they would experience different things outside of what would appear to be normal reality. I had those things happen to me in Afghanistan, but didn't fully understand it until I learned this. So I had what I would describe as um, prophetic dreams. I would feel the air clear out of an area. I would feel danger uh, and I would, I would go into these crazy um, almost modes where I knew something would happen. I'd tell somebody and instantly we'd get shot at or something would go off. And that set me on the path towards a minor level of spirituality, um, looking into those types of things. So you can't do it too much, of course, as a Royal Marine because everyone thinks you're a nutter. So uh, fast forward 10 years, I'm leaving the Marines uh, four years ago. And as I'm leaving, I know I need to calm down. I've had 10 years of extremely long, arduous, carrying heavy weights, going faster, heavier, longer, less sleep, less food. Um, and again, I'm sure you know about all of that being in, in the military yourself. And I needed to slow down. So I went straight into having my own surveillance and private investigation company, which didn't slow me down at all. So in between this, I was doing yoga. Uh, to slow myself down and happened to come across randomly some breath work on my first breath work um, experience. I had such a profound literal outer body experience that I was, I went inside myself for weeks afterwards. At the end of that session, I was called back to sit up and open my eyes. And when I opened my eyes and saw myself in a physical room with physical people, I jumped because I was so far out of my own body, I, could, I felt like I was in space. I felt like I was just energy. I had no concept of time. Um, there was no ego. There was no past future. It was just now. And it was just the most beautiful thing I've ever had in my life. And that pointed me towards breathwork in a way that I'd never been pointed towards anything. I needed to know what it was. I needed to do it for myself. I needed to teach other people this. So I just have delved into it for the last... Four years, I've probably spent, I'd say, 10, 12,000 pound on courses, on learning, on books, on on mentors. Um, I've, I've, I'm currently taking four courses on it right now, including my 200-hour Kundalini yoga teacher training. And I've just become obsessed with it because I found there's nothing it doesn't do for you. Um, and before I kind of stop talking so much, I'll I'll just point people towards whenever something happens to you, if you almost step out into the road and a car whizzes past, you'll go, <gasps> so your breath changes. When you sit down and you want to calm down, you go, <sighs> before you go into, for example, cold water, you'll go, <laughs> right? So all these different breath work types are so natural that change your inner state. And it's the most natural thing in the world. And it gets us to do all these incredible things but this way we're letting ourselves take control of the breath rather than breath take control of us and just being one step ahead of it to choose our state rather than letting the state choose us. And that's my story in a nutshell. Dude, I love it so much. Oh my gosh. Just out of sheer curiosity, you joined the Marines in 08. When did you first go to Afghanistan? Straight afterwards. So I... I um, I actually joined in 2009. So my father died in 2008 in November. Um, I was in the AFCO, which is the Armed Forces Careers Office, three months later, passed the test. I was in CTC, which is the Commando Training Center, um, about six months after that. Training is eight months long, which I passed first time. And then within six months, I was in Afghanistan. So um, okay. it was pretty much from, I'd say, from decision. Um from decision of joining to stepping foot in the desert was about a year and two months. Because I left Afghanistan, my, my one tour I left in like April of 2010. Okay. Yeah. So I, I would have, 
I'd have been there at that point. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd have been there. Where, where were you, by the way, just to? Uh, I was split between Kabul and Bagram. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I was, I was in um, I was in Helmand Province, and I was um, yeah. in Nadi Ali North. So it was. I mean, it, it's an insane experience for anyone that's done it. It's it's indescribable to people who haven't been. Um, strangely, even though I I um, I almost long to go back. It's such a, a profound experience that that every single thing you do is so important. The way you you the way you crush your rubbish to put in the black bag, the way you clean things, they've got so much effect on everybody around you that there's nothing you do that isn't or doesn't feel like life or death. Everything is so important. And it's uh, it gives you this feeling of life that doesn't happen in your everyday life. So yeah. it's, it's it's crazy, but I'm sure you know that. Oh yeah. I mean, people ask me all the time, well, would you do it all again? I'm like, absolutely. Like yeah. I, I miss it in mm. many ways. I'm, I mean, I'm glad I'm done, but I still miss it. There's a part of me that yearns for it because it's, it becomes a part of you. It does. And, and and for me, that's that's why I left. I was trying to join other parts of the military that were out in those places. I only joined to fight the Taliban. Once I watched the, these different things on the TV, I joined to be part of the fight and to protect the country and the things that we, we believe in and we love, the people I love. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we stopped going over so much, um, I was just, you know, polishing boots, cleaning weapons, being on the the, the range every day teaching people how to throw grenades and jump out helicopters and things. And as much as that sounds amazing, you, there's only so many times you can go over and over and do that and never do the real thing. So I ended yes. up leaving because of that reason. Um, but say, same but as you. It's so I, funny. I that, that was the same career point where I'm like, I'm done. We're yeah. like, okay, your, your operator time's over. You got to pull staff time now. I'm like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. And it's, I mean, lucky for me, I got to be on a training team. So I, I helped create 250 commandos. Um, again, so being part of that team, creating these, these really high-performing teams, um, being a part of a very high-performing team and creating people that can work together in the most inhospitable environments with no food, no sleep, um, no energy. That's the, probably one of the best things, if not the best thing I've ever done and been a part of. Um, but as, again, as soon as I realized I wasn't going anywhere uh, to these places that I was training people to go to, I thought this is this doesn't feel real for me now. So I've got to, I've got to go. For sure, man. Dude. We're brothers from another mother. I love it. And we, and for the, this is an audio show, obviously, we have the same amazing haircut, guys. So <laughs> you can visualize that as you're listening to the podcast. Um, it's great. So before we dive in too far, for the, for the audience that's never heard of breathwork, like what can you say about it? And kind of what do you, I know you alluded to it a little bit in the intro, but mm. like, what exactly is breathwork? So in, in a nutshell, in its most simple form, it's, it's conscious breathing. And breathing is the only automatic part of our system that is also controllable. So we can't control our, um, our heartbeat by, by just thinking about it. You, you can do that using breath work. We can't control our heat, but that's all done inside the body. The breath does those things for you. So we've been given control of the breath. And because the, because the breath is basically a thermostat for your emotions, for your states, we have the opportunity at any time to change the way in which we breathe, to breathe consciously, to bring about different states that are more desirable than the one we would usually be in or one that we are currently in. And mm. it's, it's the most simple, but the most powerful thing I've ever come across and it's it's of course if you go back to the like the vedic text etc it's about five thousand years old um it's the original form of yoga and pranayama and was practiced by yogis and was said to have kept yogis alive beyond 100 150 200 years and the reason is because if you look at animals that have uh, certain breath cycles the animals with the fastest breath cycles die the soonest the animals with the slowest breath cycles live the longest. So ideally, the less breaths we take, the longer we live because we sit more in a parasympathetic state. We calm our system down um, and we just completely dissolve chronic stress and can live far longer 
and can rest and digest quicker, can heal quicker. And it's just, uh, it's just that it's conscious breathing to, to choose what you need to do with the breath. That is fascinating that, I mean, just breath work enabled longevity of life, not, not in, in yogis, but we're seeing it in animals too, because I mean, biology is biology and we're all mm. living organic organ organisms. Like that's crazy. It, it is. And one of the craziest things, and, and I'm, um, I'm getting round to believe in this part because of, I've seen and read of a few people doing this. There are people called breath atarians. And these are people that um, survive on oxygen and water alone. And as crazy as that sounds, there are people who have apparently proved it. Um, as you know, if you need to, to burn, um, if you need to burn anything, you need oxygen. So if you need to, for example, burn off energy in your body, you need the oxygen to burn those things off. So there are people who, who just use that. They only breathe and they're full of energy. They're full of life. They live to ripe old ages because funnily enough, as your body digests food, it stops resting, digesting, um, in the sense of, um, calm and that actually ages you quicker because it's not thinking about healing. So, so the, the more you take your body away from processes that aren't, for example, just breathing and pumping blood, the sooner you start to get ill, the sooner you start to age and the sooner you die. So it's, it's, it's a really interesting area to work in, in that sense. Oh my gosh. Well, that can take us down a rabbit hole. I tell you, cause it can. that's amazing. And like, I just started practicing intermittent fasting recently with the, like the same idea of like having radical control over what I eat, when I eat. And I tell you what, when I break the fast and I do it with a super healthy meal, it's like the most delicious thing I've ever eaten in my entire life because yeah. I'm, I'm breaking that fast. So it's, it's, it's kind of similar to that where our body's been deprived of that. And now we're nourishing ourselves. And like, it's, it's like an, ex an experience with our food that we don't have if we're just gorging ourselves all day. Yeah. And, it, and it's exactly that it's, it's the state of, um, if you notice, if you've got a dog or a cat, if you've got any animals, when they are ill, they don't eat. And they don't eat because they know that they don't want their bodily functions paying attention to things that aren't the illness. So they, they will then stop eating so that the body focuses solely on the immune system to fight off illness, to burn off the illness and they get better quicker. So you go into a state of, of autophagy in order to feel better. And that's what we should do. Of course, when doctors say to go home, drink lots of water, that's what we should do. Um, and that's why these, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 day fasts, not only bring us into a state of hyper health, but hyper awareness, um, higher consciousness, and just a state that, that we can't be in specifically with modern day processed foods that, that, that change us in a, in a fundamentally awful way, sadly. Oh my. <laughs> Woo. Okay. I'm going to have to rethink a lot of things now. <laughs> you got my mind going in different directions. I can take this for my own health. Cause there's so much we can do. That's it's just amazing. The, the physiological changes we can cause in our bodies, which then have an external effect in what we're able to do in the world. And it's, it's by what we're putting in. So, and, and like you said, like oxygen is this most critical thing and we're able to control it. And I find that just so fascinating. And when I think of breath work, and, and let, let's just dive down this for a second, because like there's different types of breath exercises there that we can do, right? There's yeah. more of the intentional long form exercise, but also if, if you need to calm yourself down before a meeting, you can do something in a very short period of time, mm. correct? Yes. So, so th this is the rabbit hole. There, there are so many different types the the breath just the same as moving in certain ways will strengthen your body in certain ways just the same as lifting overhead will give you strong shoulders lifting for time lifting short but heavy has a different physiological effect the breath does the exact same thing so what we look at is as a breathwork practitioner teacher or facilitator we'd want to look at what is the desired outcome i want and then you choose the type of breath 
to practice in order to bring that about. So for example, the sexier side of breathwork is the shamanic, um, deeper trauma release. These are the types you'll see people screaming, crying, dancing, um, and going into these profoundly weird states, even having full body orgasms. These are the ones you'll often see online in groups. And these can be 60, 90, two hour long um, breathwork sessions, a very deep breath into the belly, often through the mouth because that's parasympathetic, that's sympathetic rather than parasympathetic. Mm -hmm. That particular thing helps you, um, for example, release um, trauma and emotions and energy from the past without the context in which you were traumatized because you, you move blood to certain parts of the brain and remove blood from certain parts of the brain so that you can process it in a certain way, mm. which is more healthy. Now on the far other end of the scale, and strangely enough, this is the first thing I learned, but what to me has become the most profound and important part of breath is what we'd call breathing light. So if you were to do, let's say a 60 minute breathing, shamanic breathing session, a Wim Hof breathing session for 20 minutes, for example, these types of things are what everyone's into. This is the sexy end of breath because it, it gives you this tingly hands, tingly feet, and this, this different uh, altered state. Now for the other 23 and a half hours a day, you're still breathing. So if you, if you get that bit wrong, technically the, the 20 minutes you took don't do a great deal, right? It's just a, it's the same as the gym. If you go to the gym for 20 minutes, but then you are mouth breathing, breathing heavy, um, you're breathing fast, you're breathing shallow for the rest of the day. Um, and with the gym, if you lift loads of weights for 20 minutes, and then you sit on your ass and watch TV for the rest of the day, you know, almost all of your day is still wrong, right? Or at least inefficient. So the best thing that people can do, and, and you would not believe the amount of things this will fix in your life, it is unbelievably powerful, is to breathe um, for heart coherence, which would mean five and a half to six breaths per minute in total, breathing nasally all of the time, and to breathe in a way that would look imperceptible to the viewer. So you'd breathe in for five seconds, and out for five seconds through the nose. Mm. And if someone was to watch you breathe, ideally, they shouldn't be able to see you breathing. This is called breathing light. And what this does is it brings heart coherence for the, the heart and mind to sync up. It improves your HRV um, to no end, which will keep you alive, again, way longer than most other things. And a girl, in fact, I've got a call within about an hour, I gave this to her for free about a month and a half ago. And since giving that to her, she um, sleeps full nights, which she hasn't done in, in years. She's stopped sweating. She doesn't eat so much. She's exercising more. Her sex drive has gone back up. She's uh, more focused on business. She's more present. She has lost weight. Um, every single marker of her life that was down improved by changing her breath to focusing solely on breathing light for only 40 minutes a day. Wow. So that five seconds in, five seconds out, just focusing on it for 40 minutes a day. Yes. And, and you, ideally you can, you, so you can do it for 40 minutes solid, but I prefer, for example, eight lots of five minutes, because what that does is it, because you're, it's sporadic through the day in right. between those five minutes, you'll focus on your breath the other times too. So you will end up doing it between that anyway, because if you've done it for five minutes and then in 10 minutes time, you'll just remember your breath again and you'll go back to it. So the idea is to consistently breathe in this consciously connected, slow way that just improves all physical systems, um, stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system, improves carbon dioxide tolerance um, by breathing deep into the belly, improves your oxygen uptake by about 40%. And um, it, it genuinely just improves, as far as I can see, without having done scientific testing, absolutely every marker I can possibly think of, bar none. Um, the people I give it to experience growth, gains, and changes in every area that they, they can possibly come back to me with from the most simple practice. 
Oh my gosh. And that's, it, it's so crazy. Cause like we're all taking breath breaks every day, right? If you're hmm. most, most people in this audience, you're, you're, you're running teams, you're running companies, you know, you're taking your five minutes here, your five minutes there. I try to take five minutes at the top of every hour. Hmm. And I, I do, I like to just sit in silence and just, you know, that's kind of my happy place. I, I just get back in myself but if I incorporate the breath work into that, because I'm already using that time, mm. well, I'm going to see a lot of additional benefits. And it's that repetition that's going to, because like you said, you're, you're going to remember your breath about 10 minutes later. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the, yeah. the things that you're talking about there is um, we, one of the most interesting things is that inside our body, of course, we've got, we've got chemical, um, we've got a chemical system. We, we've basically got an inner pharmacy. And the pharmacy reacts in a certain way to release the specific chemicals we'd need to fight, flight, fawn, or freeze at any point of the day. And that changes the way we think. It changes the way we act. And most importantly, the body cannot tell the difference between being chased by a lion inside or having a, a deadline in five minutes of an extremely important meeting with your boss. Because the inner pharmacy that in a chemistry is the same thing it's it's danger so because we constantly got these external um inputs that are for example an email every couple of minutes a text every couple of minutes staring at our screens constant blue light into the eyes traffic jams um alarms going off work finishing at a certain time something to do for the kids something to do for the friends this stacks up like ram in your computer, in your Mac, and sits in your secondary attention in a way that causes chronic stress. And that chronic stress does not leave you. And that's why we get ulcers. It's why we get stressed. It's why we get gray hair. It's why we get old quick. It's why our, our, we have um, crazy enough. It's why we have things like um, arthritis. It's why we have inflammation in the body. It's why we gain weight. And once you start to help that dissipate by coming back to the breath and letting your body know that the external world is safe by breathing in such a way that once the mind starts to check on the body, which it will do, the mind checks on the body all the time, checks on the physiology, checks on the way you're breathing. If you breathe in a consciously connected way for five seconds in or five seconds out through the nose, the mind will say, well, it must be safe because I wouldn't be breathing this way if it wasn't. Right. So it will then say, if it was dangerous, we'd be breathing through the mouth. We'd be breathing hard and heavy. We'd be, um, we'd be releasing adrenaline and we'd, a heart would be pumping. We'd be stood up. We'd be tight. Right. So when those things don't happen, the mind says, okay, we're safe. And it can then all of a sudden focus on right now and not be scared of the future for anxiety and then not think about the past for depression. And once you come into the now, everything changes that that's when we start to release all anxieties all traumas all issues and focus goes up energy goes up everything improves it's it's i honestly can't i really can't tell you how impressed i am with the breath and knowing as much as i do still learning new things every day i just find this i mean i've i've heard a lot of this stuff before but to hear it connected the way you're connecting it it, it's it's really profound and i'm like sitting here brainstorming the different ways i can incorporate this into my life because it, it's it's crazy the amount of natural tools that are like right there in front of us to fix all of these ailments that we think we have <laughs> or that we're actually putting onto ourselves through the way we're constantly reacting to stimuli right 100 percent, and this this is where this is one of the other reasons I went down this breathwork rabbit hole is because if you believe in God, if you believe in the anthropomorphized version of God, if you believe in um, the ultimate high intelligence of creation, whichever way you want to look at it. So you, you may be religious and believe in a, a God, more than one God, right? So we were created by somebody of high importance, of the highest power. If you don't believe in that, you must probably believe at least in um, evolution, which would be the intelligence of um, an evolving universe to, to get us to where we are now. Either way, we were created in, in tests and trials and, and 
images of our former selves. Mm. And only until about a hundred years ago, did we start to have what we'd call Western illnesses. Only until about a hundred, 200 years ago, did we start to have these things that we seem to be causing for ourselves through poor lifestyle choices. So for example, we're constantly, I'm currently sat in front of um, three monitors, two, three cameras, a light, a keyboard, a mouse, an iPad, and all these things are given off electromagnetic frequencies. And as an electromagnetic being, right, I've got a positive charge that comes out of my head. I've got a negative charge that comes out of my feet. All of these charges are affecting me all of the time. Right. And then when I eat food, if it's not grass fed, if it's not if it didn't have a mother and it wasn't picked from the ground, it's basically not food, right? So all those things affect us in negative ways too. So the way I see it from what I've learned over this time, which goes back to um, Ayurvedic practices from yogic practices, is that we have everything we need to heal and to be as healthy as possible. If you go to parts of the Amazon where there are still relatively untouched tribes, and they live basically in mud huts and, and probably less. They, they pretty much only eat meat. You, you would struggle to find an illness between all of them. You'd struggle. Mm. And, and they live what we would call in worse conditions, you know, as a apparently civilized world. And we might call them barbaric the way they live, but they're healthier, they're faster. They actually live longer than this. You know, people wouldn't like to say that, but they live longer than we do. And um, they are still, for example, having sex in their couples two, three, four, five times a night, every night up until their 70s. Um, they're still hunting in their 60s and 70s. And this is because the body and the mind has everything it needs to be perfectly healthy and to survive everything it needs to. But all the things we put in externally are what's making us ill. And then we're going to pills and potions and and injections and things to make us feel better in a different way. And, and in my opinion, we just don't need it. We don't need any of it. I, I, I just think we have everything we need from whether you want to call it God or the ultimate intelligence of creation. We wouldn't have gotten this far for this long, for hundreds of thousands of years, if we needed outside intervention. We'd be dead by now, and we're not. That's incredible. And, you know, I'm personally, I'm Catholic, but I 100% believe in all this stuff. And when mm. people are like, wait, what you do? I'm like, well, like the most fundamental prayer in the Catholic faith is the rosary, which when you break it down is a meditation. Mm. That's what it is. And it's, yeah. it's slowing everything down. It's controlling everything. You're actually breathing together with the community of people praying it together. And it, it just connects exactly to what everything you're saying. And I'm like, I'm connecting the dots in my head as we're talking, going, oh my gosh, this is great. I love everything about this. And what I've noticed professionally, like three years ago, we'd be getting ready to do something major and I'd pound a monster and I think that's going to give me all the energy I need. And now I take breaths and I drink water. Mm. And it's just the amount of energy I have, the amount of clarity I have, the way I can lead a team and and just show up with this presence. It's not even comparable no. to the junk that we think we need to actually perform at a high level. It, it and, and it, it really, really isn't. I mean, there are things, there are the odd outside interventions you can have for specific things, right? So, so let's say, for example, you wanted to, let's say you wanted to, to run a race. Let's say it's a 1600 meter race. You, you might want to put in some extra carbs, something like that, right? So you've fast acting carbs. So you've got it in your muscles right now in order to run yeah. that race. I mean, just for example, some people live their life like they're going to be doing those races six times a day, you know, so they're constantly eating and drinking these things, having these crazy insulin spikes, um, being full of all this energy, but not living in a way that gets rid of the energy. So that their body's in a constantly energetic stress state, thinking it's about to do something crazy and nothing ever happens. And it's it's just just like you said, you know, I have breathwork practices that you can do. For example, this blew my mind when I first learned it. Your spleen contains 80% more um, red blood cells and oxygen in the blood contained within the spleen than the rest of the body. Now, the reason that is, is if you happen to be about to drown, if you've noticed, you start to get this sound like this for listeners at home. 
and you start to feel yourself jump a little if you hold your breath long enough. That is your diaphragm banging on your spleen to release the blood from your spleen that has extra oxygen in so you can survive for longer. Oh my gosh. So, so what that does in terms of training is there are certain breathwork practices that you can release that blood from the spleen before a training session to give you the, um, the feeling of having either doing blood doping and having outside blood injected in with extra red blood cells or from having trained at high altitude for six months to have created the extra blood cells needed to live at a higher altitude. So what that means is that rather than having to do that type of training, you can live at a low altitude. Your body has already prepared itself in case it needs to do these things and you breathe in a certain way that would give you an almost steroidal advantage over other endurance athletes just from things that are already in your body that they don't know how to use. Oh, I need to know this one. I need to find this exercise out. That'd be awesome. That is so cool. Oh my gosh, Chris, I'm I'm having so much fun going down these rabbit holes and it's just giving me so many ideas. I I hope the listeners are enjoying this as well. If you're not taking notes yet, my goodness, this is this is amazing. Before we run out of time, I want to I want I want to divert a little bit and talk about not just doing this for ourselves, but most of us have teams. We have people we're leading. And I've been a part of organizations that have had breathwork as part of them. And I'd, I'd love to hear some of the things that you've seen and some of the best practices that we as leaders can do with the people around us. Even in this virtual Zoom environment, we can still breathe hmm. together and be connected. hundred percent. I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because for anybody that's a... Um... Anybody that's a leader or anybody that has done uh, neuro-linguistic programming or hypnosis or any of the influential arts in that way, one of the things that they will ask you to do is to match and mirror people in order to gain um, their trust and to be able to help influence them better in a positive way. One of the deepest and hardest things they'll ask you to do is to breathe in the same time as somebody so that your bodies sync up in the right way and then you will automatically have more trust with each other. So a good hypnotist will blink at the same time as somebody else and breathe at the same time as somebody else in order to gain their trust in such a way that it feels like they're looking in the mirror. So for those that have teams on Zoom, for those that have teams um, just in person, having somebody leave, lead a breathwork practice in which they all breathe in and out at the same time while whilst looking at each other for an extended period of five minutes or more, they will start to gain um, a trust in each other and uh, a shared experience from each other that you can't get anywhere else. And doing it this way, again, if you are only physically minded, it is the looking at somebody that breathes the same as you, meaning you are looking for someone that is similar to you. So you'll start to see them as your tribe, as your kin. And those are the people that you will connect with the most physically on that level. Now, if you're more of the spiritual type, what you're doing is you are connecting um, heart and mind coherence across space and time to match those things up so that you vibrate at the same frequency and match those parts of yourself up. And that's what creates this coherence and togetherness. So the next time you have a Zoom call, for example, you're sat in a room with a team, before you say much at all, have a practice of either box breathing, which is uh, in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four. And as a leader, lead that for five minutes or so, or even just in for four and out for four. Lead that yourself at the beginning and the end of every session. And you'll find that people just start to sync up far easier. It will calm them down before and after the meeting. And they'll be in just a far better headspace to, to listen, to focus, to have clarity, and then to leave the meeting with the same sort of focus and clarity, just from having the physical effects of the breath work. Whoa. Okay. So I've done it in as short as like 10, in, 10 breaths in, like exactly what we're talking about, box breathing. But you're saying like five minutes, that's really where the magic starts to happen. It's... When we get to that point, honestly, the longer the better. Um, yeah, 
So there's the famous story, and I don't know how accurate the, the person who was in the story is, but the story was something like um, somebody asked, I think it was Abraham Lincoln, if they um, if they had an hour to chop a tree down, you know, how would he do it? And he said he'd spend 40 minutes sharpening his axe, right? Right. And it's so, so excuse me if I butchered that story, but the idea would be the sharpening of your axe is to, to breathe together for five minutes before you start the messaging and the communication between each other. And to do it at the end, to do the same thing. And the reason being, the reason that is sharpening the axe is you have something called residual attention. And residual attention is about 15% of anything that you are thinking in any given moment is carried over into the next task, whether you like it or not. So if you are looking at your phone before the boss turns up, before the leader turns up, if you're having a chat with somebody else about what's for lunch or what you did last night, when he or she sits down and starts to communicate 15% of you just is not paying attention and it just doesn't want to pay attention. So by consciously breathing together, ideally either closing your eyes or doing what the Buddhist called um, wall gazing, just staring at a white space at a blank wall and doing this for say five minutes, you will remove all residual attention by focusing on nothing. So you'll clear out that space to have a hundred percent focus on what comes next. Mm. If you're going to do that as an individual, binaural beats help. So having um, binaural beats play with a um, set of earphones, one in each ear, of course, and that type of thing can really help that focus to remove that 15% of residual attention. Now, the reason you do that at the end, of course, also is that you don't want residual attention on the meeting when you're going back into work. Right. So you don't want to be thinking about that. So you want to go straight back into work, 100% focused on what you're about to do, not thinking about, God, I should have said this. When he said that, I should have come back with this. Or, you know, man, I had such a good idea and I didn't say it in front of my boss. Damn it. So the idea is to completely remove all those ideas and go back in fully focused. And that same practice works for, as you said, the top of every hour, five minutes, wall gazing, eyes closed, conscious connected breath. Uh, four in, four out, those types of things to clear the residual attention of your past 55 minutes of work to go into the next 55 minutes of work and tasks. And again, sorry to throw this in, I get excited about this stuff. If you're going home from work, you're driving home to your wife, your partner, um, do that in the car before you go into the house. Do not take um, work Adam into the house to see you know, to, to, to be husband, Adam, right? Because 15% of you is still work, Adam, whether you like it or not. So, so remove oh, more than 15, usually. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly that. Right. So, so it depends how stressful the day was. So ideally remove all stresses from that time, from the, the drive home, the traffic, the, uh, the traffic jams, the stressful work and remove it all to become husband, father, Uh, and family Adam the moment you walk through the door and use the crossing of the threshold as a change of state by using the conscious breath so that you bring nothing home dude I'm putting that into place today like I'm not waiting one more second because most of us work from home right but Mm. you can do this in your little home office and then your the door outside of your home office is that threshold Chris was talking about it's it's centering yourself again and oh I knew I was going to love this episode. I knew this is going to be a great conversation because this stuff just fires me up so much because every time I practice it, I just feel it again. And I'm like mm. reminded, oh yeah. And like anything, we, we, we fall off of it. And we, we, if, if you're busy, you know, it, that life happens. That's why mm. you need constant reminders. You need people like Chris in your life to constantly be, be talking about it. And that's why we surround ourselves with people like this. Uh, and just from the pure managerial perspective, I mean, putting that five minutes in the front of a call, I can hear my my students and my clients say, Adam, that's wasting time. Nope. Because like you just sold it to me right there. Like mm. that 15% is gone and you're, yeah. you're going to lose it unless you put that in front. And wow. Yeah. The, the, the mindful side of it is that if somebody thinks that f- that they have something so important to do in that five minutes that it's wasting time, then they're already thinking too far ahead. They're already distracted and they're already not paying attention. So, so if they think that five minutes is that important to be going straight into informational stuff, to pile onto more of informational stuff and more informational stuff, 
that's where it gets jumbled. We can't think we get foggy headed because all we're doing is we're piling constant information on and not having breaks. We're not processing any of it. We are just trying to cram so much into such a short space that it's impossible to process in such a way that becomes effective. So there's that saying that if you can't, or if you don't have the time to meditate for 10 minutes, you should meditate for 20. And, <laughs> and it's, it's the same thing with breath work, right? It's to just, to just take those few minutes to breathe, um, start with two minutes, move it up to three, move it up to five, because people will see the differences in, in the way they think, the way they see the world, the way they act and the way they feel. A hundred percent they will. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because whenever you hear someone say they're taking a break, what they end up doing is not taking a break. <laughs> like They just get more information in their head and becomes more jumbled. And we wonder why everything feels harder. Yes. So, so they will go from data entry, for example. They'll be looking at a spreadsheet for the last 45 minutes. And then to take a break from that, they'll have a coffee and look at their phone. So they'll raise their heart rate. Their caffeine will send them nuts. And they're scrolling on their phone and messaging people, which is you know, more stressful, more, um, more things to process. And then the time they could have chilled out and focused and come back into work to be more productive. They come back in with extra things to think about more residual attention on the phone, on the coffee, on the, the conversations and bring that back into, to, to the, the data entry, which then makes it worse. And these practices have shown unequivocally that using these flow state type breath works and practices that people can be up to 500% more efficient in their work and can um, even fully halve their working day by getting into what's called deep work, uh, a great book by Cal Newport, if nobody's read it, um, and get into flow states. But by doing these things j just exponentially increases the, the workload and happiness of every person you work with. Dude, I'm inspired. I really am like this. Yeah. You guys, y'all need to hook up with Chris. He's doing some amazing things. And I've been doing this kind of work for a couple of years now, but it's one every time I revisit it and Chris gave me some more ideas that I hadn't thought about before. And it's, it, I am so happy we came into, into contact with each other. This is a, a blessing for me personally. And I hope for the audience as well, Chris, um, before we jump here, I do want to I want to talk about this movement that you're working on, uh, one million meditations. Yes. And like, what can you what can you tell us about that? Because I'm joining <laughs> up straight up. It's it's amazing. Sure. So so one million meditations is, um, I guess this is my what we call an MTP, my massive transformational purpose, and the whole point in this is to. Get 1 million people to breathe or meditate together at the same time, either every week or every month. Now, there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, it has nothing to do whatsoever with making me money. It would it would be uh, optional to pay, and all of the money um, will go towards the um, charities and back, ideally back towards the community. So, for example... Um, the split would be, for example, 80-20. 80% uh, 80 would go to charities and 20% would sit in a pot in case someone from the community would need, um, perhaps their house is, you know, they're losing the house, they've lost their job. Perhaps their kid needs some some um, work and they can't afford uh, heart surgery. So it's the money goes straight back in for those reasons. Mm -hmm. um, on a more spiritual level, if, the, if you believe in this kind of thing, the, um, the connectivity of people breathing and meditating together has been um, actually scientifically proven to, to change the state uh, across the whole world. The more people that do it at the same time, the bigger the changes are because of these almost like radio waves, right? They, they, they stretch across the world. And this, this has been proven more than once. So the idea would be that one person can turn up for just one hour and spend just $1, one pound, one, whatever it is, whatever country you're in um, of that currency, and that one small act of kindness, generosity, and time individually, but en masse as a group can fundamentally change the world we live in, in so many different ways. So for example, if we were to get together, um, let's just say once a month, and we had 1 million people and they all paid $1, that would be $12 million a year that would go straight back to charities, straight back to the community. And each person would out of that get 
breath work that would also change their lives. And if you believe in it or not, the breath work will definitely change your physical and mental health. And the spiritual side of things will help to put more positive thoughts out into the world from us all meditating and breathing at the same time to help change the frequency of how we think and how we act, the collective consciousness as, as Carl Jung would call it. Yeah. So that's the, that, that's the goal. It's a, it's a lofty goal. It's a big one. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping we can get there for that reason. Fantastic. I love everything about that. And I'm, I'm, I'll get the link from you. I'm, I'm, I'm in, you know, you, you already sold me on it. So I'm in Perfect. For, sure. and for listeners out there. We'll have a link in the show notes. You can check that out. And Chris, if anyone is interested in connecting with you and working with you, where can they find out more about uh, the various programs that you do? Sure. So um, as you mentioned, I've got the uh, OM Breathwork community, which is a Facebook group where I just constantly give out free information um, on what the breath does, how it works for the body, for the individual, for groups, for leadership, uh, and different techniques. Um, so that's on Facebook. Again, I'll, I'll give you the link so you can put that down below if they want to join. And uh, of course, TikTok and Instagram, as we usually do, I'll give you those links too. I'm on a few different social medias and they all give slightly different information, but all lead back to the same point, which is the breath. So whichever is their preferred social media platform, I'll probably be on one of those and they can find me on their favorite one. Fantastic. We'll we'll have all the links in the show notes to make it super easy because I need to go subscribe to you everywhere. I think I'm, <laughs> I'm following you on Facebook already, but I'm going to go all find right. you on the other platforms now. Because awesome. um, truly amazing, Chris. Um, and like, I just got to say from the bottom of my heart, like, thank you for the work you're doing. Uh, this is tremendous. And it, it, it has such an impact on the world. And I'm so happy that people like you are out there that have found these things and are bringing it to us all, helping us become better leaders, better husbands, better employees, better. Yeah. Everything human, healthier, better humans. Yeah. Because yeah. it, yeah. it's, it's. Yeah. And as I, I say I, frequently, like, the world's not going to solve itself from our politicians. It's, it has to start with us and we can be the change agents. A hundred percent. The, the, the individual sovereignty, the power of one is um, again, which is what one million meditation is about the power of one person doing one thing, but doing it collectively is all we need. It, it, we've survived on it since, since the dawn of time. Um, and it's only things like you said, the politicians, et cetera, have started to ruin things. All we need is ourselves. We need our breath. And we just need some sovereignty and personal power. And everything that people want is literally a breath or two away. All right, that wraps up for this episode. But don't let the learning stop here. Join us in the Facebook group where we'll be sharing the latest tactical techniques and tricks that we're seeing work in companies just like yours. Go to adamliette.com slash Facebook. That's A-D-A-M-L-I-E-T-T-E dot com slash Facebook.